This is a HeadGum Podcast. They're not just super. They're not just special. They're not just super. They're not just special. They're the super specials. Here we are. Here we are, Jack. Yep. I'm Tanner Green. Here on the East Coast. Mm-hmm. And you? I'm here on the East Coast. But even though we're so close, we're so far. So far away from one another. As far as New Hope, Pennsylvania is from Brooklyn, New York. I'm here without you, Jackie. But you're still on my lonely mind. <laughs> I think about you, Jackie, and I dream about you all the time. I'm here without you. Is that Lifehouse? Uh, three Doors Down. Is it? I don't know. Tanner Googles. It's off to a bad start. Three Doors Down. Okay. Let's um, let's talk about this novel. Oh, well, I'm I'm in New Hope, Pennsylvania, Super Baby. I'm in Brooklyn, New York. Um, I'm here uh, with my wife and my child. Visiting. And I'm here without Jack Shepard. No one, can, no one, everyone knows where you are. I'm here with my wife and my child, and we are visiting my child's grandmother and my wife's mother and my mother-in-law, all the same person. My name is Tanner Greenring. My name is Jack Shepard. I am at my home in okay. Brooklyn, New York. Hi, hi. Hi. And welcome to the Babysitter's Super Club. What, were you already just looking at something else? No, it's just not, that's not what it's called. <laughs> What is it? What's it called? The Babysitter's Club Super Club. Oh, sorry. (laughs) I've had a very long day. (laughs) Let's try. Baby Nation, Jack and I got on the record a few minutes ago, and we're catching up and chit-chatting, and he's like, oh, I'm so exhausted from my long, hard day of being on vacation for a week. (laughs) Of a one-year-old child. Oh, man, I don't know what that's like. Oh, by the way, we have permission. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Okay. Well, let me make sure. Yeah. Jamie? Oh. <laughs> His, okay, Tanner's going to ask Jamie something, and I'm pretty excited about how she responds, but it's going to be very disappointing if she says no. Um, okay, he's back. <sighs> yes, we have permission. Okay, good. Go for Tanner. Do you want to do it, or do you want me to do it? I want you to do it. Okay, Jamie's pregnant. (laughs) I'm having a baby. Tanner's having a baby. Welcome to the club. Welcome, Tanner, to the Babysitter's Club. Club. Super club. Oh, super club, right. Because that's what you're going to be in. Jamie's having a baby. I'm going to be a daddy, just like Jack. Mm -hmm. Jack's going to be an uncle, even though he already was one. Yep. Jamie's pretty pregnant. Yeah. (laughs) It gets more. It's going to be a boy. Oh, good. Wow. Nailed it. Are the Super Babies the first that you've told? No, I told my parents and um, siblings and coworkers and friends. Okay. Like you've known for a few months now. But the Super Babies are pretty early on. We're not telling social media yet, so Super Babies keep a fucking lid on it. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, we're having a baby. Um, congratulations to Tanner and Jamie. Welcome to the weird, wonderful world of having a baby. We went and... Got a sonogram the other day, and I checked out his hog. Yeah, how's it looking? It's there. Yeah, okay. So, that's notable. 
I never got to see it because we um, we kept it secret from ourselves until a week before Sarah gave birth when the final nurse that we saw said, I think you're going to love him. I mean, uh, it. I mean, uh, fuck. <laughs> it was like, awesome, thanks. <laughs> we just, we dove in. Yeah. We asked immediately whether or not we should be buying monster trucks or... Yeah. What, what do girls like? I don't even know. Dresses. Pink dresses. Dresses. That's a joke. I don't care. We're just going to let him play with whatever he wants to play with. Sarah likes cars. Car. 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 I like Cyril's <laughs> accent. The ad that I did the other week where Cyril says car in it. Yeah. Cyril's grandmother, who I guess listens to the show, Uh-oh. said that she listened to the ad like, 30 times <laughs> i just kept re-listening the ad so i'm sure our sponsors at care of are like oh wow the, the, the downloads for this like the the engagement time for this ad is off the charts <laughs> the episode was only downloaded like x number of times but like the ad was listened to like twice as much <laughs> uh, that's very sweet. i hope that someday my baby is able to say car yeah, and then we could use him to make some money on the side. Oh, that would be nice. Also, I think he's going to be extremely handsome. Your child? So, yeah. Okay. So I imagine that he will be like a baby model. Okay. Don't you think? I was a baby model. Were you? So was Jamie. I was a Fisher-Price model. Oh, wow. Yeah. I was not a baby model. I was a unattractive baby. Tanner, should we talk about this novel? Should we introduce the show? Any of these yeah. things appeal to you? Yeah, I just wanted to... Bust my nut about okay. Well, now you've my son, it. the birth of my son. You've ruined it to Baby Nation. Okay, now you've ruined it. Uh, Baby Nation, say congratulations to Tanner, but don't do it on his social media feeds. You can do it in Baby Nation, the Facebook group, because it's a closed circuit. Yeah, hi, hi, and welcome to the Babysitters Club. <laughs> Super, you waited till I was drinking beer. Super, hi, hi, and welcome to the Babysitters Club. Super Club. I'm Jack Shepard. My name is Tanner Greenring. I am here without you, Jackie, but you're still on my lonely mind. Uh, I think about you all the time, and this is a podcast where we discuss the super specials of... Anne. The Little Night Owl. Mm. The Ocean Princess. The Screaming Mirror. The Space Mountain known as Snow Mommy. She is the Fast-Fingered Swordman, the Condor in the Squall, and the Knife Martin of Frugal Master. I think we may as well get it out of the way early this week. This week we read a book called Babysitters at Shadow Lake. Yes, that is true. But what I meant was the epithet. So every week, Super Babies, Anna and Martin, the condor in the squall, uh, the little night owl, uh, hides within the pages of the super special something that she wants us to refer to her as, something that is near and dear to who she is as a person, something that reveals a deep truth about her. Mm-hmm. And Tanner and I have become very adept at discovering these epithets. We just read a bunch of them to you. We vomited them out onto our feed just now. But this week, Tanner, did you find an epithet? I did, but I always go first, so I want you to do it this week. Okay, well, I've got two possibilities. One that I think is probably not right, and one that I think is probably right. Okay. Shall I give you them both? 
Yes. Okay. Start with the not right one. Okay. Not right one comes from a part of the plot that we will discuss, wherein Mallory Pike is just got, goes bug crazy. She thinks she's bug. She's bug wild. Insects. Yeah, that's funny. Bug wild. Bug wild. It's 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 not funny. It's funny. Yeah. That's fun. It's something. It's fun. Bug wild. Bug wild. And she is is just terrified that she's going to get bitten to death by mosquitoes. And she packs a bunch of mosquito repellent on their trip to the island. I don't know what it is about these babysitters and not learning their lessons about going to islands. Right. Um, Or the lakes. But the following thing happens. What on earth did you pack? Said Jesse. Well, said Mallory, a nightshirt, a t-shirt, my toothbrush, the mosquito netting, two hats, mosquito spray, tick spray, general bug spray... Who's General Bug? See, now I'm nervous because I definitely had that as my strong candidate for epithet. Okay. This is your weak candidate for epithet. Well, my argument is just that I think that epithets are always something that Anne uses to aggrandize herself, to enhance General Bug? Yeah, it does sound cool. Now that you say it, it sounds cool. If someone called me General Bug, I'd be into that. Okay. All right. People just call me Tanner. There's no obvious nicknames off Tanner. I'll call you General Bug if you like. So everyone just calls me Tanner. It's like, that's so boring. Yeah. I want to be called General Bug. What about General Tanner? Nah, that's... I Tanner so played. Yeah, okay. I've been Tanner for 35 years. Yeah. Like, I'm ready to be General Bug. <laughs> okay. Do you want to take it from the top? Mm, please. Uh, well, this is Anne's epithet. Unless you have a better one. I just want you to hear how it sounds. Okay. And then we'll go into the second epithet. And sometimes she puts two. Let me two. try it on. Sometimes she puts two. Let me try it on. Hi, hi, and welcome to the Babysitter's Club. Super. Club. I'm Jack Shepard. And I'm General Bug. And this is a podcast with two dudes where we talk about these books. How'd it feel? It felt good saying it. I'm worried that it dilutes my brand a little bit. Okay. Yeah. I'm realizing now how attached I am to Tanner Green Ring. Okay. We'll table it. The second epithet comes from the same trip to the island, which is infested with ghosts. Yes. The ghosts of the Bayard family. The ghosts of the Bayard family who we're going to talk about a lot in the course of this discussion. I, go, I don't think they're ghosts, but go ahead. This is something that I think Dawn says. Something was winking at me from the dark beyond the trees. I almost screamed, Ghost eyes! The Bayards are here. Then one of those ghost eyes flew in front of my face and winked on and off. It was a firefly, a lightning bug. And so were those other ghost eyes. I think Anne might want us to call her ghost eyes. Ghost eyes. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. (laughs) And I think it's fits yeah it feels slightly more meaty than general bug i think Anne wants to strike fear into the hearts of her enemies with her it sounds like a it sounds like a marvel superhero who like is inhabited by the spirit of revenge exactly ghost eyes ghost eyes yeah don't cross her she's ghost eyes she's alive but her eyes are dead it's ghost eyes Oh, that's spooky. Yeah, right? Now you made it spooky. Yeah. There was a Japanese horror film about this. Okay. Where a woman gets her, um, she's a blind woman and she gets eye implants. 
Okay. And the new eyes allow her to see ghosts. You think that's what happened to Anne? This surgery was supposed to make me normal. I'm seeing things I shouldn't see. You have to believe me. Well, this comes. That? This actually comes back. Movie okay. Where woman? Great. All right. Okay. Just loud. Why Can't don't you loudly Google it so there's no chance I am what I'm saying? Okay. Sees ghosts. Oh, uh, they made a. Okay, it's called. It's called Ginguai. Ghost eyes. And that stands for the eye. It's from. It's a. It's a Hong Kong film. It was remade in the U.S. under the title The Eye, starring Jessica right. Alba. Oh, great. I'm so glad we got to the bottom of that. But this is my and point. The, the original is okay. from Hong Kong. Okay. No, we won't make my point. People's Let's... Republic of China. I, you go ahead. Why don't you, no, why don't you just keep talking? About what, Hong Kong? Whatever, man. I think it's great. It's good stuff. Okay. Um, I am to understand that the Disneyland in Hong Kong is among... <laughs> The favorites of Disney. Um, I was just going to say before we moved on that this is a common problem we have. Ghost eyes is a great epithet, but the question is: Is she ghost eyes because she sees ghosts with her eyes, or because her eyes are full of ghosts, or are ghosts? Okay, and right. That's the question. Right, right, right. Or can ghosts only see her eyes? Oh, uh, that's good too, and that might be true. There's a third option here. Yeah. Either her eyes are only capable of, or her eyes are capable of seeing ghosts. Yeah. Her eyes are ghosts. Ghosts. Yeah. Well, there's four options. Okay. Her eyes are capable of seeing ghosts. Her eyes are ghosts. Her eyes are filled with ghosts. Mm -hmm. Ghosts can see her eyes. Their eyes were watching ghosts. Tanner, I would love to... What does that mean? Is it like an R.E.M. album? No, their eyes were watching God as a Zora Neale Hurston play. Isn't it? Novel, but yes. Novel, yeah. Um, I would lo- I would so love to talk about this novel. I would love to. We read we have it. Been. We have been. Okay. Okay. Let's talk about it. What I want to do is I want for you to recap this novel, and then I'm going to recap this novel, and we're going to talk about it. Oh, boy. Yeah. I didn't know we were going to do that this week. Okay. Okay, I guess I'll just um, pretty effortlessly but expertly pull something out of thin air okay. that dwarves anything you ever did in the 131 episodes that you did it for. Okay, well, it doesn't need to be a competition. So, I'll go. Go. The community surrounding the beautiful Shadow Lake in western Massachusetts wants for nothing. Wealth bucolic landscapes, unnaturally long lives. It's as though they've been blessed, perhaps even supernaturally. When the members of the Babysitter's Club come to Shadow Lake, they find themselves starved for babysitting charges. With nothing to keep them busy, they turn their attention to the unsettling feeling that something may be off about the lake and its inhabitants. As the community runs interference, dazzling the girls with a pageant of exotically designed boats, a plague of disease-carrying insects, and extravagant galas with handsome young men, the young women of the Babysitter's Club get closer to the beating heart of Shadow Lake and the source 
of the mystery churning just under the surface of the blissful lakeside community. With the absence of babies to be sat, the girls must keep themselves busy with other dangerous, unsavory affairs. With the absence of scarcity, the community of Shadow Lake has no need to hide their abundance. And in the absence of light, all that remains is shadow. Babysitter's Club, Super Special, number eight. Babysitters at Shadow Lake. I was mad at you throughout that because you were talking shit on um, my recaps. Yeah. But I did love in the absence of light, all that remains is shadow. Yeah, that's actually where I started <laughs> and kind of reverse engineered the entire yeah. thing from that. Good, good. Well, I think you did a good job of describing this terrifying and interesting novel. Um, but I think I'd like to do a good job of same. Not interested. Let's move on no, to... No, it's not your choice. Whose choice is it? My choice. That doesn't seem fair. It's... You had your... I, I don't want to fight you this on this. This is a democracy. It's not a democracy. It's a podcast where i describe this novel in our in my night well i rise up okay in revolt why why don't you while you're up can you put a 90 second timer on off with his head (laughs) is there any way that i could recap this novel can you please put 90 seconds on a a 90 second timer every time i google 90 second it autofills keto bread and every time i want to hit enter and see what that means that's not uh, 90 second keto bread I'm going to do it this time. I'm diving in. Oh, you microwave it. Super babies. Get ready for the 90-second rundown. Y'all ready for this? This is a segment where I describe this novel in 90 seconds or less. I'm allowed to do it in less. No, you're not. Okay. Five. Okay. Four. Three. Watson Brewer, Christie's stepdad, gets a letter from some long, a long-lost aunt and uncle. Uh, the letter says, Hey, Watson, I hope you remember back in the old days when you used to come with your family to our place on Shadow Lake. Well, guess what? It's a great summer place, and we were thinking about you recently because we're dying. And we're writing our will. And We're all dying. We're all dying. And... We want you to maybe ha- have sh- this massive sh- vacation place in our will, but we're not sure whether you'll want to go. So why don't you take your kids? Watson says yes, and then he also invites all of the Babysitter's Club and a bunch of kids. Then, while they're at Shadow Lake having this vacation, Chrissy's brother Sam has a big crush on Stacy and is dealing with it in a weird way by just bothering her. Stacy is being bothered by Sam. Jesse falls in love with this cute boy who's not Quint. Um, and she has a lot of issues with the fact that she's stepping out on Quint. Uh, Mal gets obsessed with the idea that bugs are everywhere and infesting everything and covers herself in mosquito netting and spends the whole time just running around spraying bug spray on herself. I am worried about Mal uh, because of this. But Christy is obsessed with trying to persuade Watson to take this inheritance um, I don't know why he wouldn't, but apparently it's an issue, and that's what the whole framing of the book is. Linny and Nikki are arguing. Karen and Hanny and Nancy are building a dollhouse. Claudia is decorating a boat for the parade. That's Dawn it. That's it. Your time is up. Your time is up. Dawn Stop is talking. Shut up. Shut Dawn up. Is afraid of monsters. Stop There's talking. A monster in the lake. We got to stop. Talk you're about making that. a fool of yourself. <laughs> you went over time. 
You go overtime every week, Jack. I don't want to turn this into a pissing match, yeah. but I used to describe... This is not a competition, okay? Yeah. But I used to describe these books in 60 seconds, and I did it succinctly and accurately every single week, week in, week out. I give you 90 seconds, because I remember okay. how difficult that was yeah. for me oh, that's to get that done in 60 90? seconds, okay. and I'm trying to be generous. Yeah. But you know what? What? I don't want to say this, man, because mm. we're friends. Yeah. You do a piss poor job. That's not true. I do it. You job. never finish in 90 seconds. You always go over. For the first time ever, I left. That some... being said, yeah, I enjoyed your recap this week, and I think you captured everything. Thank you. But I did it. This is the first week that I really left something out. I left two things. Sam out. and Stacy. I left out the, the resolution of Sam and Stacy, which I yep. think we should maybe talk about. And I left out Dawn and the Monsters, which I think we should also talk about. And thankfully, we have segments for both of those things. No, you talked about the monster. You didn't talk about the ghosts. Right. You did talk about the monster of the lake. I mentioned it, but I didn't get into it. But there are also these ghosts, this Bayard family. I don't think they're ghosts, but yes. I think that we should... Ugh, I've got <sighs> so much on Sam and Stacy, and I feel like that's where we should maybe start. Jack, I don't want to turn this into... This is not a competition, okay? okay? We, it, I don't want this to be a pissing match. You keep saying that in a way that makes me think that you do want it but, to be a pissing match. Yeah. Baby Nation, it's not a pissing match between me and you. Okay. It's a pissing match between us and Baby Nation. Okay. Now I'm interested. Because, yes, because yeah. this week they've been taking us to task in the Baby Nation Facebook group, suggesting titles for our segments that we didn't arrive at in yeah. our laborious on-mic discussions about segment titles. Mm -hmm. And this week, I want to take a page out of the UGC book okay. and turn the reins over to Baby Nation. It stands for User-Generated Content. Yeah, they know. <laughs> Don't talk down to them. And let them take the lead on segment titles. Okay. This segment title is from Baby B. Brianna. Mm-hmm. If you're ready for me to kind of d dive into this segment, sure. It's called the. Fearful moment. Fearful moment. Each week, Baby Nation, we describe what can only be described as a monster and a beast that Anne includes in these novels in a segment we call the fearful moment. So every week in our fearful moment. We talk about... Thank you, Baby B. Brianna. Yeah. I do, they do do a better job. They have all the week to sit and think about yeah. this shit. We have to do it on the fly. Yeah. Sorry you don't know anything about improv, Baby Nation. <laughs> it's called Yes Anding. Yeah. You think you think we are happy with Slabius Porpoise? No. <laughs> I am, but Jack doesn't like it. It keeps me up at night. <laughs> okay, fearful moment. Anne has in each of the super specials, inserted both a monster and a beast. Yes. Um, and we've discovered the monster and the beast so far in each super special. Sometimes they're more obvious and sometimes they're less obvious. This week, her monster was front and center. And this is actually the second week in a row, I think, that right. that's been the case. Sometimes she just announces it. Yeah. She's like, boys, I want you to find it. Here it is. And that's what she did this week. That's what she did this week. And last week she did it as well, I feel like. Yes. She just straight up named an abominable snowman. 
and Snowbound. So this week, what she's gone ahead and done is just put a monster in this book. And I'll read the passage uh, where she makes it explicit. If that's and okay. announced it. And it just right. announced it. That afternoon, I hung around with Dawn. She said she was solving a mystery. Dawn? No, oh, I think it says, it says Dawn here. Oh, okay. I hung around with Dawn. Okay. Schaefer. Oh, 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 sure, sure, sure. Yeah. That afternoon, I hung around with Dawn. She said she was solving a mystery. What mystery? I asked. We've been here for all of one day. Shadow Lake's mystery, she replied. I knew I'd find one. People up here keep mentioning a mystery, an old mystery, but they don't say much about it. Then, of course, there's the lake monster. The what? I shrieked. The lake monster. People have also been seeing this this monster in the lake. It looks like the Loch Ness monster, like a sea monster. Oh my lord, I murmured. I had taken a vacation with lunatics. Yeah. Dawn is a challenging character to get behind in these super special books. Very difficult. This is not the first or even the second or even the third week that she has been difficult to relate to. (laughs) This week, she's convinced that the Shadow Lake area is infested with monsters and ghosts. Yeah. And she's terrified of both of them. Yeah. Cripplingly so. Like, it keeps her from doing things. Yeah. And, like, she was afraid of snipers in New York City. (laughs) What was she afraid of in Snowbound? I can't even remember. She's afraid of the snow. And she's afraid of her brother dying in a plane wreck. And then when they get trapped on the island... She's not California casual, and she's not the Dawn that we know and love. She spent the whole time on the island afraid that she wasn't doing enough. Yes. And kind of became catatonic and like looked inward and let Claudia do all of the survivalist stuff. Right. This week she's debilitatingly frightened of monsters and ghosts. And the monster this week, I think we just totally agree, is the the lake lake monster. monster. And her friends mock her. Yeah. Her friends join this boat pageant and throw it in her face. And they're like, you want a lake monster, Don? Here's your lake monster, and they make the boat look like some kind of horrible Loch Ness monster-style serpentine monstrosity. And that is probably how you summon it. Oh, oh! Yeah. You think it's like when Bugs Bunny dressed as like a sexy female rabbit? Yes. To try to get Elmer Fudd to do sex with him. I don't remember that one. Could you... Can you tell me the rest of that episode? Because it sounds really good. I think, like, Bugs Bunny, like, Elmer Fudd was always trying to hunt Bugs Bunny, right? Yeah. And Bugs Bunny was like, I don't want to be hunted. What I'm going to do is dress like a sexy female bunny. And then Elmer Fudd. And seduce Elmer Fudd. Yeah. And try to get him interested in, like, fucking. Okay. Yeah. And then he won't hunt me. Yeah. So that's what... Claudia and the gang is trying to do here. They're put. They're dressing their <laughs> boat like a sexy monster, Loch Ness monster, so yeah. that the Loch Ness monster comes and does sex on the boat. Oh, okay, right. That's smart. And then there's an end game there. I don't know what it is, but obviously they want this monster to do sex on the boat for a reason. Oh, oh. sorry, I'm using such crass language. Yeah, please, debunky. Yeah, debunky. <laughs> they want this Loch Ness monster to come and do debunky on the boat. Yeah. And Anne left that out, unless it was in part of the epilogue that I kind of skimmed through. I read the epilogue. It, I think it was, yeah, they touched on it. They touched on it? Okay. Yeah. 
Um, so that's clearly the monster. Uh, Shadow Lake, as Dawn says, is a lake full of mysterious, unexplained shadows. They're constantly seeing dark shapes. And she asks a bunch of locals about the monster, and they're like, oh, yeah, there's a monster. The locals are scary as hell. This is the most Lovecraftian super well, special Well, it's like... Stephen, it's like a Stephen King book. Oh, yeah. Like, totally. there's all these, like, weird old people who just, like, hang about and, like, man the, the general store. And they're yeah. like, oh, yeah, there's a, there's a like, Loch Ness monster in that lake. <laughs> oh, yeah, there's a monster in that there lake. Also, but she went to the general store and there was, like, a hundred year old man there. And she's like, did you know there's a monster in the lake? He's like, yeah, I've heard a lot about that this summer. Yeah. Before this summer, that's not something I'd ever heard, but this summer that's coming up quite a but bit. So this is now we can get to the heart of the novel and the thing that I left out, which is that Don continues to have a conversation with this man where she's like, I heard that there are ghosts as well. Like I've heard something about like this Bayard family. There's this family that apparently like they built a mansion on an island in the lake and then the mansion disappeared and everyone in the family disappeared and no one including all their butlers and yeah. like their servants and their like maids and the pool boy and like the whole entourage just overnight disappeared and she's like is that what's that legend about and the 100 year old man in the convenience store is like uh yeah no that one's real i was um actually engaged to the daughter of that family right i did debonkey with annie mayard bayard annie bayard so and she just disappeared she disappeared i have a theory about the bayards okay please are you ready for it i'm because i feel like it's pretty challenging okay because i have a lot to say about this as well but let's hear your theory well, I feel like if you have a lot to say, you're just going to dismiss my theory. No, I want to hear it. Okay, they're Jin. They're excuse me. They're Jin. D J I N N. That's not that tracks to me. I think that Shadow Lake, the community around Shadow Lake, are rich, affluent cultists who summoned a family of Jin mm-hmm. from the elemental plane. Mm-hmm. Trapped them on the island, made them do their bidding, mm-hmm. granted them exotic boats and extended life and wealth and beautiful scenery. Yeah. And then one evening, a storm blew over and somehow disrupted the, the, conne- con- the, the containing connection, the, yeah. runes or whatever okay. that was keeping the, the djinn trapped on the island, mm-hmm. and they escaped. Yeah. And that's what that's what the, that's who the Bayards were, and that's how they got out. I think they were a family of jinn who were just trapped. Yeah, and forced to do the bidding of this community. And like, think about think about Watson. Like, yeah. Watson has had a very successful life. Yeah, you know how that started when he was a boy, twelve years old, in Shadow Lake, Massachusetts, commanding these jinn to do his bidding. Well, listen to this. In that case, this is something that Watson said, and it struck me odd when he's talking about his childhood in shadow lake he says the following thing anyway continued watson wait till you see shadow lake i remember i never wanted to leave at the end of my visits there i would always be driven home in tears oh wow because he's cut off from this this lifeline he's cut off from it and he feels conflicted about what he's doing he doesn't want to leave but also when he goes back he has time to like think about what he's doing like trapping these creatures i think what we should be more worried about is that these jinn escaped. Yeah, I think that's something to worry about. I think that's something that Anne is warning us about. 
I'd like to delve a little bit deeper into the concept of the Bayards with you. Bayard, as you know, um, as I know, I I imagine um, it first shows up in. in... The, I mean, it's it's most famous. From right, Chaucer. Chaucer it shows up in Troilus and Cressida. It shows up. He he names a Canterbury horse. Canterbury Tales. Yeah, he names a horse Bayard in Troilus and Cressida, and he names a horse Bayard in Canterbury Tales. Canterbury as well. Tales, right? Yeah, but it first shows up in the Chanson du Geste. Geste, yes, that's that's what I was going to say too. Which I think is prior to uh, Chaucer. Just prior. Yep, uh, it's twelfth century. Yep, yep. I was going to say that. And so Bayard is a horse, right? Yes, uh, and it's a magical horse who could understand human speech, like a like a. When you say a magical horse, you mean like a dream horse, like Tanner, a dream horse. Okay, so Bayard is a dream horse. Okay, interesting. So that's interesting, and I think I think we can fit it with your theory. I mean, that's maybe what these jinn are. You know what? The first thing I would ask for if I was brought to a mysterious island where a family of trapped djinn lives, I would say, make me a dream horse. Yeah. Here's what I want. I want him to have cannon on his back. I want the cannon to shoot Jolly Ranchers. I want him to have a huge dong. Yeah. And I want him to take me through that maze. Sure. Yeah, that's the first thing anyone would wish for. Not you. Your dream horse was, like, violent, I remember. Okay, so this is a dream horse, but it's also... Here's another thing that happens. This novel is bananas. Most of the novel is about Stacy and Sam. Yes, they do to Bonky. And we're going to get to that. Right. But some of this novel is about this like mysterious fucking supernatural shit that never gets resolved. Dawn goes to the island and sees a ghost of the Bayards. And she sees a ghost. And they have this like terrifying night where they camp out on the island and Dawn can't sleep. They hear something walking. Nobody knows what it was. Right. Dawn sees like a white figure. It's not resolved. A, a white wispy. A white wispy figure. figure. It's not resolved what it was. And then the next day after this sleepless night, Dawn comes upon an object of great power. Whatever it was, says Dawn, I had nearly stepped on it. I picked up a very old, very fragile locket. It was shaped like a heart. Carefully, I opened it. Nothing was inside. But when I closed it again, I noticed the initials engraved on one side. A, B, in fancy script. Oh, okay. Yeah. Ass butt. No. Tanner, why would you think that? Why would you think what, it would what be did that? You, what did you think it was? Well, but why did you say, oh, okay, like that was, a, that, like, that was a big revelation, even if you did think it? Ass butt. Yeah. That would just be a pretty funny thing to inscribe on a locket. A B, Tanner. Oh, a B. A B, of course. Annie Bayard. Or Asput. Well, I think my Either one's, works. My one's better. Okay. You want to go with a B. We can explore Asput if you want. I just think Asput <laughs> would be a very funny thing to inscribe on a <laughs> locket. But let's go down the uh, B path. I'm thinking merch, though. Okay. I think a locket. You want to sell lockets that say ass butt. Yeah. <laughs> and maybe you open it up and then one side is a picture of me and one side is a picture of you. <laughs> Good. Yeah. Baby Nation, we're going to put a Twitter poll up. If you want <laughs> us to sell that, vote in the poll. So that's Annie Bayard. So the Bayards are either- A-B. A-B. Yeah, she's either a B, 
a dream horse or a jinn or maybe some combination of all three of those things i think jinn can manifest on our plane however they like that makes sense i think she appears to you how you want her to appear yeah for that old man who worked in the general store it was a sexy rabbit yeah for you and i it's appearing as either a bee or ass butt yeah for other people it's a dream horse yeah for other people it's a white wispy figure yeah that makes a lot of sense and then just to kind of put a lid on that story don then takes the fucking locket goes back to this man who was engaged to someone when he was 19 is now and he's like she's don describes him as at least 100 years old yeah my hands presumably something that he's hasn't seen in 80 years a locket from his beloved fiance who disappeared and is like hey i guess this is yours it's from annie right and he's like okay thanks don come back next year i have to assume that this was a setup yeah. for a super mystery novel oh. don't you think yeah i don't know i'm not sh- i'm not super familiar with the super mysteries but yeah. the whole there was and and they wrote postcards to one another in the epilogue Don and this old man, whose name is Stefan. Mm-hmm. Their postcards back and forth were like, we started to figure out the mystery, but I hope I can come back and, and really get to the bottom of it someday. And Stefan was like, yep, that's going to be great. I can't wait for Babysitter's Club's super mystery, number four, Dawn at Shadow Lake. But also, P.S., the moment that I received your letter I felt a presence coming to me, and I felt in my heart that it was Annie telling me that she knew we would solve her mystery together. Right, and she's down for some, like, freaky, phantasmal bonky. Yeah. All right, well, Tanner, that is going to bring me to our next segment. Oh, is it about freaky, phantasmal bonky? You bet it is. (laughs) Uh, But first, I think we should take a break. (gasps) Okay. Um, Let's see. How do we do this? Um, goodbye. Your honor. Your honor. Yeah. Yes. As you know, Mm -hmm. um, it is UGC week on the Babysitter's Club Super Club. And Baby Nation is better at coming up with segment titles than the two hosts of the show. And low bar. I know that we're several days into this case, and we've all made a lot of very strong opening and closing statements. Mm-hmm. But um, I was actually hoping that we could introduce a motion to dismiss. is that with two s's yes d-i-s-s barrister hyphen m-i-s-s a motion to dis dis hey hey i'm not trying to hurt you i'm trying to help i'm trying to get you high what do you say nah man i smoke weed i smoke clowns like you on a b-ball court Yes. Yes. Okay. Exactly, Your Honor. As we know, this is the segment in the show where we discuss our favorite diss mm-hmm. or burn mm-hmm. 
in the Babysitter's Club books. We had a really great <laughs> framing and title for the segment yeah. called Slabius Porpoise, but apparently Baby Nation thought it was dumb, bad. I had a, a really rich mythology that I was starting to build for the Slabius Porpoise. Okay, well, let's go back then. We don't no, have to do a dis- no. the motion to dismiss. No, no, we, let's do this. It's UGC week. Well, if you've got a rich mythology for Slavius Porpoise, let's do that. It sounds like that could be really f- good and fun and like as, this IP that we like love and have. As we're doing motion to dismiss, another dry court-themed segment with a perfect, clever, pithy name that yeah, thank you, baby B. Mallory, who's an actual law student, fits what it is. Just imagine, I'll have you imagine as we're having this discussion, this legal discussion, yeah. a sad, lonely porpoise mm. waiting in the shadows, just outside the courtroom, in the corridor. Junior, junior attorney. Junior attorney. Things were going really well for him. They were looking up, but suddenly his fortunes have fallen. His friends have left him, and a single tear falls from his eyes. He had so much to give. You did that, baby B, Mallory. You did that. You did that to them. It's okay. It's okay. We'll go back. Okay. We'll go back to Slavia's Porpoise next week. But this week it's the... All right. Chee, chee, chee. Motion to dismiss. Sorry. Motion to dismiss. All right, barrister. This better be good. And uh, is that. Why do you keep calling me barrister? Are we in England? Yeah. (laughs) Okay. I didn't know. (laughs) Have you always envisioned these court themed segments taking place in England? Yeah, because otherwise we don't get the wigs. (laughs) (laughs) Well, how are you envisioning it? I'm envisioning the time I did jury duty in downtown Brooklyn. <laughs> Just like a very sad, fluorescent like courtroom. No, I, this is like 19th century British courts. Okay. Yeah. Do we have the the mace? Oh, no, that's the parliament. Okay. Yeah. Can we have a mace too? No. <laughs> you can what have if a you wing? held the mace? No. You can Oh, I'll I'll hold the No, it's that's parliamentary. It we're confusing matters. Can we have a sword? Yes. Okay. The judge has like a sword strapped to his back. Fine. And the gavel's like, it looks like you could do some fucking damage. <laughs> okay, fine. Motion to dismiss. This segment is already too complicated. Look, let's just all be sad for the porpoise. It's burn of the week. <laughs> you guys this remember is, that? This is a segment where we talk about what the hottest burn was of the week. <laughs> Tanner, what was your burn of the week this week? <laughs> Mom, what are you doing? I, Christy, asked. It was the middle of the afternoon. My mother was in the kitchen, barefoot, wearing only her bikini bathing suit and a long shirt which belonged to Watson. I, for one, do not wear bikinis. And I don't think anyone really should, especially if they're past 30. <laughs> Fuck you, Christy. (laughs) (laughs) 
Oh, you're upset because you're well past 30. And so now are you, Christy, asshole. Well, I'm in my early 30s. You're in your late 30s. I'm and 34. Also, you're, For exactly one more month, I am 34. You're almost five years past the point where anyone could conceivably want to see you in a bikini, according to Christy. <laughs> I think I'm about 20 years past anyone wanting to see me in a bikini. Don't sell yourself short. And also, I think that people should wear bikinis after 30. I don't think anyone should wear bikinis. I'm with Christy. Okay. I think it's obscene. It's <laughs> Okay, good. All right, noted. Um, that's a very good burn. It's a burn on everybody over 30. Over the age of 30. Uh, it's brutal. Can I tell you my burn? Yes. No. What do you mean? You no? can tell me your diss. Oh wait, uh, Your Honor, motion to dismiss. <laughs> motion granted. Motion to dismiss this poor porpoise who's kind of standing in the hallways. <laughs> he seems so sad. Motion granted. Did you just tell him to leave, or I think he's—I don't know if he has anywhere to go. He'll find his own way out. Okay. All right. Listen, if I had to look after every fucking porpoise. <laughs> That was left tearful in my goddamn court lobby. Yeah. I'd be running a porpoise sanctuary. Okay. Okay? <laughs> okay. And then then your judge actually does go on to run a porpoise sanctuary. Oh, yeah. He's very compassionate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Here's mine. It's a letter. So, Mallory, we haven't talked about this enough. Mallory goes crazy. Yes. Mallory's obsessed with bugs but she's insane like she's dawn level crazy this right. entire book i don't know what happens but she gets like some mosquito bites and like a chigger gets on her she thinks she's especially prone to bug bites yeah and keep in mind this is essentially a retelling of babysitter's club summer vacation right like they're going to a lake to stay at a camp and yeah it's like confront their deepest fears mallory had zero issue with bugs at yeah Camp Mohawk. Yeah, no, exactly. It is not an exaggeration to say that she wears like a sun hat and drapes mosquito netting from it. It's not even a sun hat. It's like a pith helmet. Yeah. <laughs> and like there's mosquito netting over it. And she wears like oven mitts and yeah. long sleeve shirts and jeans and like knee high socks. And, and she's sneakers. constantly like spraying bug spray on herself. And, and she has like, I don't know, one of those like citronella candles at all times that she's right. holding in front of her and like she sets up a bug zapper wherever she sits right that it's insane here's my burn of the week it's on the bug spray company <laughs> uh at the it's in the epilogue mallory writes the following letter to the bug spray company dear sir or madam of the bug off bug spray company I feel it is my duty as a consumer to tell you that your product doesn't really work too well. I used Bug Off when I went to this lake for two weeks, but I got 78 mosquito bites anyway. Maybe you should call your spray something else. <laughs> <laughs> Sincerely, Mallory Pike, age 11, and Bug Off writes back, Thank you so much for your letter. Bug Off appreciates all comments from consumers. In close, please find two coupons for 50 cents off your next purchases of Bug Off. <laughs> Now, so did you want to explore this space because you want to come up with a new name for a bug off? Oh, <laughs> as a bug spray company that doesn't actually get bugs off. It makes bugs come to you. I mean, bug on. And do bites on you. Bug on is good. Bug on. I know I'm kind of one note a lot lately, but I really yeah. like 
this thing we found. So mm-hmm. I want to call it Bug Bonky. Because <laughs> okay. it makes bugs come due to Bonky on you. Okay. My worry is that consumers aren't wouldn't gonna- that jump off the shelf at you too? You're Bug- like at you're at like Target, right? And you're looking for some bug spray. Not you, because you're a, you love bugs. Yeah. But like one is looking for bug spray. I don't love bugs. But you don't intentionally kill them. That's true. I <laughs> I intentionally don't kill them. Right. Yeah. So you probably wouldn't buy. Well, actually, maybe you would. You would see something on the shelf called the bug bonky. Yeah. And you're like, okay, I want bugs to be live their best life. Okay. Debug bonky. It's a it's a spray can labeled debug bonky. Debug bonky is good. It rolls off the tongue. So debug bonky. Maybe that's a product. Maybe that's merch. We'll sell bug spray that brings bugs to you and encourages them to have sex on you. Okay. Check out our merch store. <laughs> can we do that? Yeah. Do we have like the tech for that? We'll have I to th- ask. Yeah, I, it's we outsource the FTBA. To yeah, DFTBA. I'm sure they do something like that. I'll email Hank Green tomorrow and be like, Hank, <laughs> can you develop a bug spray that makes bugs have nope. sex on you? Call them up at like three in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the only reasonable way and time to have that conversation. <laughs> hey, I know it's late. <laughs> Hank, pick up. <laughs> our t-shirt. I, I know our t-shirts are... SOS, just, SOS. This is an emergency. Hank, if you can hear your answering <laughs> machine, pick up. Um, listen, we've been dancing around this for a long time, and I need to talk about it. I think this should be a segment. I think we need a segment wherein we can contain all of the debonky talk. <laughs> okay. And I think it's just called debonky. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, and we'll put. What some if it's music- called? What if it's called "How to Do Debonky"? How, how to do debonky? That's good for SEO, right? Um, the the here's a SEO tip for you, Baby Nation. You didn't expect this, yeah. But what you want to do is answer a question. Yeah, you got to answer a question. So people are searching for how do I do debonky, and yeah. you want your headline to be how, how to do debonky. Yeah, and that's going to rank really high in the search engine. Yep. Okay, so it's called How to Bonky. I like having duh in there, so I want to call it How to Do Da Bonky. How to Do Da Bonky. Yeah. And we've got some kind of probably fairly sexy music. <laughs> and then we say, How to Do Da Bonky. Da Bonky. With Hank Green. <laughs> I think that. He'll be down. I've come to realize that so in in one of the very first super specials, it may be, even be the first one, and dedicates it to Bonky. Da Bonky, right. Da Bonky. And I think that this is Anne signaling that she wants these books, these super specials. These books written for young women. But to be a guide. To, to debonky, debonky, right, and and every now and then, she, I mean, it's with a lot more frequency than in the Babysitters Club regular books, right? She drops some knowledge that I've certainly used in my life and my lovemaking. Or is and things are still good between you and Sarah, better or? than ever. Wow, and okay. because I didn't know before, right? And 
we've learned. So I, I want to kind of collect all of the rules that Anne has laid down for us. Okay. And then by the end of this, we'll be able to present a, a full picture a complete of Debonky. Guide of de, to Debonky. Yeah. But it's it's also a little nebulous. It's a little nebulous. Especially in the middle. Yeah. Because like we know we've got a firm idea for how it starts. Right. And we know we've how got it a ends. firm idea for how, for how it ends. Right. But in the middle, I think it's kind of a it's a miasma and you just have to dive in. Well, I don't think so. I think Anne is filling that in for us, and I think she fills that in for us this week. So uh Super Babies will catch you up. You probably all and people who are advanced or people who just kind of have the instinct of how to do this probably know this. But what we know so far. Oh, and also, if you think you have the instinct for Debonkey, you don't. Yeah. yeah, no, that's true. That is true. What we know so far, and Tanner, correct me if I'm wrong. If you want to do Debonkey, you you come up, you approach your crush, and you say, or in your case, your spouse, or your spouse. And you say, me like a debonkey, or you have it written on a t-shirt. I think there's a number of ways you can do it. Yeah. Do you know um, Daft Punk? Yeah, I'm familiar. Do you know one of the robots in Daft Punk has a helmet that has like a little um, visor display that can show like, uh, that's a carousel cool. of words? Yeah. You could wear a helmet like that that has a carousel of words that says, me like a debonkey. Me like yeah. a debonkey. Yeah. But you, so you signal to a your lot of options. A lot of options. Or your spouse in some, some obvious way that me like a debonkey. You could and have then, like, you could, what you could do is like have a silver surfer go out ahead of you and as act as your herald and announce that you're coming and that you like a debonkey. Is that how Thanos did it? That's how Galactus did it. Damn it, it was so close. Yeah. Okay, so you signal to your crush that you like a debonkey and lay that down for us. Then you, if they say yes, if they say no, just fucking leave them alone. Yeah, leave them alone. Don't leave be a them creep. alone. Just leave them alone. Don't be a creep. If they say yes, you gently tip their chin upwards uh-huh. and you plant a kiss anywhere between their solar plexus and the bottom of the chin. That's up to you, I think. Well, and I think it's become clear that you and I are not 100% on where the solar plexus is. So I would say... I think it's a moving target. I would say, yeah, it's <laughs> definitely a moving target. I would say anywhere above belly button and below neck. Yeah. Just plant a k- kiss anywhere in there. Not nipples. No. Maybe. Cause no, that's, that's too forward. That's a little... That's several steps Yeah, yeah, in a down. direct line. In a direct line. Yes. From the chin to the solar plexus. To right. the belly button. right. But you got to tip their chin all the way up. Yeah. Plant a kiss. We know that from the last book. And then at the end, you say, me like a debunky. We know that. Right. Well, what happens in the middle is confusing, but we get a little bit of it here. Okay. In this novel. And it's, Jesse meets is stepping out on Quint. I have nothing to say about that. Okay. That's surprising to me, but she's going out with this boy called Daniel. Ugh, I, don't even, I remember. He's so fucking boring. He's boring and he's nothing. He doesn't even know how to dance. He doesn't know how to dance, but she finds this handsome boy called Daniel. At the end, they have some stupid conversation where she tells him that she likes Quint, and he tells her that he has a girl back home called Carol. Carol? Is she like 70? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Apologies to any Carols. (laughs) Listen to this show. It's a perfectly nice name. It's just so an that's odd where name. Tanner went with it's it. an odd name for a thirteen-year-old girl in nineteen ninety-two, yeah. <laughs> and it's also like a odd, like they they are clearly flirting with each other, and it's weird that that yeah, they Daniel has the a, anyway. But so Daniel doesn't know how to dance, and Jesse's teaching him how to dance, and I think that this works for Debonkey. 
Let me read you this. Okay. Two rules. It's Jesse's two rules of dancing. You ready? Yep. Rule number one, I said to Daniel, grinning. Relax. You can't dance when you're stiff. Let yourself go loose. Okay, so you don't want to be stiff. Yeah. When you're preparing to do debonkey, yeah. you want to make sure you are not yeah. stiff. Let yourself go loose. Right. You want to like, be, let's say, let's just, let's say flaccid. Flaccid, yeah. You want to be good, flaccid yeah. when you're doing debonkey. Fully flaccid, but your whole, every part of your body. Yeah. Like this? Well, sort of. I mean, go really limp, like a wet mop. Right. Oh, I get it. Daniel did loosen up. Rule number two, I went on, there are no more rules. Okay. <laughs> so here's what we know about debonkey. Yeah. You announce yourself with a herald or a Daft Punk visor. Yeah. You tip up their chin. You yeah. kiss somewhere between, in in a line yeah. between their neck and belly button. Yeah. Don't go for the solar plexus. It's hard to find. It's super advanced. You make sure you are 100% flaccid. Yeah. The, but your whole body, like a wet mop. No, I understand. But like, yeah. especially. Okay. Right? And then that's it. There are no more rules. There are no more rules. <laughs> and then once you're done, you you say reassert. Me okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You review. Yeah. <laughs> and you say me like it a bonky. Me like it a bonky. So wow. Yeah. You know, you're welcome for this baby nation. I think we're doing service work. Yeah. We should be, really be paid better for this cuz like we're changing lives. We're changing lives. We're revitalizing marriages. Right. And then supplement there's some supplementals. Yeah. And one of them is that you can be a surface on which bugs do debunky. Oh yeah. No, that's true too. And that's fine. Yeah. You can facilitate. If that's part of your process, that's fine. Tanner, we must talk about Stacy and Sam. It is the primary focus of this text. We must talk about Stacy and Sam. Stacy yes, and Sam get together. It's thrilling. It kind of came out of nowhere. Stacy, let me fucking give you, before we do, let me give you this, the Staciest moment of all time That's as a lead into it. Uh, so Sam, like the whole way through this novel, Sam has this weird like pickup artist style on Stacy. Oh, right. That's like, he's like complimenting her and then he's negging her. He kept saying, he keeps calling her darling. Darling. Oh. Darling. Darling. I hope you enjoyed your ride up here, darling. Darling, you look ravishing. And then he touches her hair and then he throws he like, Cheerios at her. He keeps her guessing. And so Stacy is uh, understandably just like, fuck this dude. Not interested. And all of that changes at the dance. Yes. Sam goes to sit down next to Stacy. And Stacy's like, uh, are you just going to fucking prank me again, dude? Look, I understand why you'd expect something like that, but Stacy, do you mind if I just sit by you? She sighed. No, not if that's all you're going to do. I just want to talk to you, I told her as I sat down. I swung my feet in the water, too. The sky's really pretty, isn't it? Good start. Yes. That's good. That's yes. fucking great. You can't Add go that wrong to debonkey list. Add that to the list. Let bugs do sex on you. Say the sky looks nice. Kiss them somewhere between neck and belly button. Go fully flaccid. Go fully flaccid. No more rules. Yeah. You know something, says Stacy. 
Whenever I see a gorgeous sunset like this, I wonder how I could ever have felt I never wanted to leave New York. <sighs> Stacy. <laughs> when I see, uh, oh God, when I see a sunset like this, I just like, I can't help but wonder what life would be like without diabetes. Yeah. <laughs> it's not even, you see a sunset, you're with a cute boy and you see a sunset. We have them. We have them in New York, Stacy. Yeah. There's a whole fucking like unofficial holiday called Manhattan Henge. Yeah. Where the sun sets in a nice way every autumn or something i don't know i've never that would be very stacy to talk about manhattan Inge. anyway tanner can i ask you a question unless yes. you have a ugc version of this no th- the community's fine with this one i think were you this week in any way glug, glug, glug. sorry you... music, music. oh okay yes <gasps> one of our rare non-court themed <laughs> yes i was immersed in immersed in thirst Let's talk about it. Uh, we already have been. Uh, I was immersed in thirst by Stacy and Sam. Sam, budding hot and horniness. Heavy. Let's look, okay. So I want to read you a passage. Okay, immersed it's in probably going to be the passage I was going to read to you. So okay. I want you to read it. Okay, good. Let me read you this passage that immersed me in thirst about Sam Thomas. Mm-hmm. Um, and. I don't need to explain this fucking segment. Listen to the old episodes at this point. It's the boys that made us horny in these books. Yeah. Hashtag swoon. I think I summed it up fairly tidily there. Yeah. But this is powerful because Sam is just such a doofus the whole way through this novel. He keeps calling her milady. He keeps saying darling. But then he stops being a doofus. He tells Stacy how he feels. She takes a moment, a day to think about it. Then at the dance, Stacy's like, I don't know what I'm going to do. At this fucking dance. I don't know. I used to have a crush on Sam, but I don't know how I feel now. And then she goes to Claudia and she's like, Claude, here's the deal. Sam's going to ask me to dance and I think he's going to fucking, he's going to want some kind of answer from me. And I'll give you a signal. Come and rescue me. Right. If I look like I'm in distress. And then the following thing happens. What was going on with Jesse? I wondered. Mal would probably know. I turned around to look for her and swell up the music now. Found myself facing Sam. Hi, Stacy. <laughs> he said. Wow. Oh, would you like to dance? Sam's voice was barely louder than a whisper. He was frowning slightly. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I like that. A lot. Okay. I replied. And at that second, the band ended a fast song and began playing a slow one. Sam opened his arms to me. Wordlessly, I fell into them, and Sam guided me around the room. Once, I glimpsed Claudia. She raised her eyebrows at me, and I smiled dreamily at her. The next thing I knew, she had broken away from some guy I didn't know and was pushing her way toward me. What on earth? And then I realized. I had blinked my eyes. Claudia was coming to rescue me. I shook my head, just slightly. I stared at her, eyes wide open. Finally, I waved to her over Sam's shoulder. Claude skidded to a stop. Her jaw dropped and her eyes widened. Then she blushed. Sorry, she mouthed to me. That's okay. I mouthed back. 
Claude turned away. I felt Sam's arms tighten around me. I laid my head on his shoulder. I closed my eyes to be on the safe side, and we drifted through the rest of the evening together. Has Sam liked me this way all along? I wonder. Have I liked him? Even without conversation, I knew the answer to both questions. Yes. 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 And Tanner Hodges has gifted us with a picture of this moment. <laughs> this is not a cover. Yeah. Illustration that Hodges no. has gifted us with. It's this a, is a, a sketch <laughs> in the book. So Sam looks good. Mm. Sam looks like the most generic dude in the world. It just looks like a dude. He's got his button up tucked into his dockers. Yep. Stacy looks like the familiar Stacy from every BSC Stacy book. Sam looks happy. He's clasping her with both hands. Right. Stacey's got an expression on her face that I find a little troubling. Okay. It's kind of a grimace. It looks like she's in pain. Sam looks like he's maybe fallen asleep. He looks like he's meditating. He looks like his body has gone fully flaccid. Yeah. Okay. He's just like a wet mop. He's preparing himself for the next steps. But Stacy looks rigid. She looks. She's not ready for this. And then, like, so this passage you just read where she was like, did I know all along that Sam was into me and I was into Sam? Yeah. Yes. It's like, well, that's not true. Sam is clearly into you. He's doing all the requisite steps for Dabonki. Right. But you are very clearly disengaging and making yourself and your body stiff. Right. I don't think Stacy's as into Sam as she thinks. And you know what backs that up? What? The fact that they don't last? They never get together in the main canon series they do. that we've read all of? Only briefly at the beginning. Dog. They're together. They never for get like, back together again. Come on, Tanner. Come on. Not in any serious way. You're embarrassing yourself. You're embarrassing yourself. No, by you're embarrassing yourself. Saying that pal. they get together in any serious way because yeah. guess what? You ever no. heard of Robert the Brewdoggy yeah, Brewster? Yeah, I've heard of Robert Brewdoggy Brewster and I've heard of fucking Austin Bentley. Okay. But Sam is a serious serious no, not you're a fucking joke contender for stacy's heart i'm embarrassed for you you're gonna i'm embarrassed for you. you're gonna look like such a fucking fool when this comes out i know they had their flings but they were never serious they were f- serious for like get five fucking get books fucking town get out of fucking town what an ass what an ass you look like no you look like such an ass right now i don't e- i wouldn't even want to be seen around you yeah me neither so we're fine there yeah, okay, well, You look good. like such an ass right now. You look like a fucking asshole. You're going to look like an asshole. You're going to be eating your words. You're going to come crawling back. <coughs> your Honor, <clears throat> I know um, the court case is wrapping up, but I just wanted... Um, I, I was just working on my closing statement, and mm. I got to feeling... Very emotionally worked up, and Hold I was hoping on. I could approach the branch. Please the, bench. the bench. Sorry, I said the branch. Well, I understand that you're in a state of emotional dudgeon. I'm very emotionally worked up and a little drunk. Uh, the court is in recess. Right. I'm fine. I am not crying. I. Uh, we will bring this serial killer to justice. I promise you that. But uh, I have allergies. We'll, we're going to take a five-minute break. Right. Yeah. There is a moment 
this week, Your Honor, in a book I read called Babysitter's Club Super Special Number 8, <laughs> Babysitter's <laughs> Club at Shadow Lake. I'm familiar. That made me feel very worked up. Okay. Emotionally. emotionally. Yeah. And I was hoping I could read it to you. It was the very end of the book. Please. The entire framing of this book is Watson's aunt has decided to give him this cabin in her living will. He takes Christy and her friends to the cabin to see if they want to take it. And Christy decides to help influence his decision by doing this journal that everyone contributes to. At the end of the book, she compiles the journal and gives it to Watson. And Watson sends it to his Aunt Faith. Dear Aunt Faith, my recent stay at the cabin in Shadow Lake was as enjoyable as my last stay there when I was 12. The children are in love with the cabin and the lake community, as are Elizabeth and her mother. I am writing to you to say that I would be honored if the cabin was willed to me. War willed. Well, that's not what Watson says. Enclosed is a gift made for me, the journal, by my daughter, Christy Amanda Thomas. I think you and Uncle Pearson will enjoy reading it, but I want it back when you're finished with it. It is a treasure. Much love, Watson. And then this is a, this is a note from Christy. Watson called me his daughter. I think that's even better than being able to look forward to more vacations at the lake. Before I went to bed that night, I left a note for Watson on his pillow. It read, Dear Watson, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Your daughter, Christy. They've finally done it. They've taken the plunge. It weirdly reminds me of the time when my um, Ezra Pound professor in university, after I graduated, wrote me an email to say that I had won the Lawson Memorial Prize for Excellence in English Literature. And he signed it Michael instead of Professor Alexander. God, I bet. And I was so just overwhelmed. Right. But then in my email back to him, I didn't know whether to say Dear Michael or Dear Professor Alexander. Right. You just and called him Dad. I spent days agonizing about it, and then I ended up going with Michael, and then I never heard back from him. Do you want me to reach out to him? Yeah, if you could. His name, On your I guess behalf. you know his name. It's Michael yeah. Alexander. Hey, Mike. My name is Tanner Greenring. I'm friends with Jack Shepard. Uh, <laughs> just wanted to check in. You never responded to him about <laughs> some dumb prize he won. The Lawson Memorial Prize for Excellence in English Literature. Oh, congratulations, man. Yeah. Um, Tanner, before we leave, I feel like we would be remiss if we didn't address... I once won a prize okay. at Fatty J's Pizza <laughs> in Boulder, Colorado. They had a pizza that was so spicy, they thought no one could finish it. <laughs> and you could. And my friend Giles and I did finish it. And they gave us shirts, Fatty J's shirts. Yeah. So that was a huge honor. That's too. very similar. Yeah. For excellence in spicy pizza. It was very spicy. Yeah. It kept me up that night for sure. Good. 
That's lovely, Tanner. I'm glad we both are prize winners. Oh, should we should we open with that? A podcast from prize winner. Prize two prize winners. Two Jack Shepard, uh winner of the Lawson Memorial Prize for Excellence in English Literature at St. Andrews University and General Bug. <laughs> winner of uh the Fatty J's Spicy Pizza <laughs> Challenge. That sounds great. In Boulder, Colorado. <laughs> Good. Oh, uh, everything in Boulder is uh, weed themed, by the way. Oh, that's cool. That's why it's called the Fatty Jays. Oh, that makes a lot of sense. Tanner, we have to leave. We're running over time. I do really want to just quickly run this by you. It also happens in the epilogue. Jesse writes this weird message to Quint that's like, uh, hey, Quint, uh, I really wish you had been here. Yeah. I like. She feels very guilty. About, I don't think like, you will ever really understand, but I really wish you had been here. I right. miss you. I wish you had been here. Right. And then Quint writes back and he says the following. Dear Jesse, I miss you. Come visit. Yours till I see the salad dressing. Yeah. Quint. Yeah. What does that mean? What is that? Yours till I see the salad dressing. Yeah. Thousand Islands. <laughs> right on, on the ranch. French. Yours. Caesar. I'm Truly? yours. Well, I we can we can try to tease it out a little bit. Yours till I see the salad dressing. Don't you're googling it. I'm not. I'm not. I what would I even Google? What would I even Google? Ranch. Yours. But I think what he's saying is that I am yours until maybe until something better comes along. Do you think it's that? Like I belong to you forever. Can I admit something to you? What? I googled it. What? See, don't Google it. No results. <laughs> Wait, really? There's nothing. The results are how to DIY your own favorite salad dressing from GQ. Okay, how now to make vinegar vinaigrette salad dressing from the tasting table. Toss a bottle and make your own salad dressing from the takeout. This is not a idiom. Yours till I that see anyone has ever used. Okay, well now this is a mystery. Yours until I see the salad dressing. What are you What are you telegraphing to us, Anne? So Anne is saying, tell me if you think this is wrong. He's saying that I belong to you. Until such a moment as I see the salad dressing. And yours at, until I see the salad at dressing. At that moment, I will not be yours anymore. Right? Right. He'll belong to the salad dressing. <laughs> then he'll belong to the salad dressing. Right. He'll be one with the salad dressing. Well, that's troubling. Uh, well, we don't have time to dwell on this anymore. Okay. We have okay. to leave. Okay. Yeah. Books.google.com. Yeah. 1,001... Here's, nice. This is the literally the only instance of this. Okay. On Google. It's from a books.google.com result for 1001 email closings and valedictions. Okay. It's in the chapter called Yours Till. Okay. And it's number 292. <laughs> Yours till the lettuce peaks to see the salad dressing. What the fuck? It's it's literally just like it's tossed into a long list of thousands of email closings and valedictions. So wait, which number is it? 200? 292. Yours till the lettuce peaks, P-E-E-K-S, to see the salad dressing. So Anne wrote this book and she was like on the last fucking line of the book. It's literally like the last words. And then she was like, I need a good sign up for Quint. And went down the craziest rabbit hole of all time. Fucking like ordered a book on valedictions. <laughs> Off Google Books. 
and was like, which was nothing in number one ninety six isn't any good. Number one ninety seven right. isn't any good. Can I read some of these to you? Yeah, two ninety four. Yours till the toilet bowls. Two ninety five. Yours till the world caves in. What the fuck? Two ninety six. Yours till your stars run out of time. Two ninety seven. Yours till turtle necks. What? Two eighty four. Yours till the cocoa puffs. I just don't. <sighs> I'm. Do you think it's until Let me I see who s- this is written by? Here's a thought. Here's I've got another thought, Tanner. I'm reading it in a different way. You, you've kind of inspired me to read this in a different way. I'm buying this book. Absolutely, I'm buying this book. Yeah, just buy it. We'll we'll put it up on our merch store. What? <laughs> it's eight dollars. <laughs> Do you think it means until he sees this? Actually, sees the salad getting dressed. I don't know what it means because the actual thing, according to Octavio Flavus, the author of this book, yeah, the actual saying is "Yours till the lettuce peaks to see the salad dressing." Yeah. Oh, it's dressing. It's like getting dressed. We're on. We're eight episodes in. Yeah, we have yet to come up with a very clear and concise outro to the podcast. Yeah, is this maybe what Anne is doing? I think that might be what she's. She's trying to signal us to what our obvious outro is. Throw us a fucking lifeline here. Yours till yours till till I peek the salad. What was it? Yours till I see the salad dressing. Tanner, let's leave. Okay. This feels good. This feels right. <clears throat> let's let's go. Let's just dive in. Super babies, thank you for bearing with us. Thank you particularly for bearing with me. Tanner, thank you also for bearing with me this week. Super babies, please take a moment to rate and review our show on Apple Podcasts. And while you're at it, while you're typing away on your computer, go to our merch store at bit.ly slash bscc merch mm-hmm. and buy some of our great merch from Baby B. John at Vox the Devil on Twitter and Baby Nation. If you are in and around the New York area in late February, February 20th to be exact, please come to our live show. Come to our live show. We're doing our first live show at Littlefield in Brooklyn. Yeah. It's on February 20th. It's at 8 p.m. Tickets are only $10 and they're available at bit.ly slash BSCC live. That's cool. Join us. Please come. Even if you can't come, come, just spend the $10. Yeah. And book a ticket so they're like, wow, these guys sell a lot of tickets. Yeah. Right? Yes, please. We have to sell out the show. This week, Super Babies, we read a novel that was called Babysitters at Shadow Lake, Super Special Number 8. Next week, we're going to be reading another Super Special, and it's going to be called Super Special Number 9, Starring the Babysitter's club starring so that's a weird someone is star someone is transforming them into stars starring the babysitters club next week we're also going to talk about the capitalization in issue these titles right it's starting to upset me because sitters is never capitalized yeah and i don't have time to get into it right now i have a lot of thoughts I know that your wife also is deeply concerned about this, Tanner. Right, yeah. It keeps me up at night, and we're going to talk about it. It's going to be a very special episode. In the meantime, I have been Jack Alexander Shepard this My week. name is Tanner Greenring. What do we say? 
your uh, my name is Tanner Greenring and we are yours to the lettuce peaks to see the salad dressing. It's good night. So that's Stacy and Sam. It's interesting. They go to the dance. Yeah. They dance closely. It's very intimate. Uh-oh. Boy's awake. Were you too animated? He's going back to sleep? He's going back to sleep. Did you hear it? You heard it? Yeah. This is my life, man. It's like the fucking quiet place. Like you make, you make I made like too much noise. I got too excited about the bonky. Yeah. That happens. And then. Listen, this boy better get fucking used to it. Because like. We're debunky boys now. Yeah. And like, we're going to get animated and excited about debunky every week. This is a de- primarily a debunky podcast now. I'm, tra- I'm training my boy from birth. Yeah. I've been reading a lot of books about bonky training. <laughs> <laughs> you have to train them early. Like, they have to know that their papa is going to be excited about debunky. Yeah. Good. And they have to learn how to accept that and sleep through that. That was a headgum podcast.